Welcome, everybody, to your midweek episode of The Legendarium. <laughs> this is attempt number three to get this episode going. We've had... <laughs> We're very, so good at this. Yeah, it w- there was even ideas of bantering around of pretending to do this nude. I don't know why we got there, but somehow we did. You brought that up. It's because Craig's going to see Fifty Shades of Grey. That's right. <laughs> If any of you followed our last episode, which I hope you really enjoyed our discussion about iRobot, uh, you probably ended up counting Craig's ums and Todd's ums. And uh, well, no, I, you I, didn't because you couldn't. Uh, as it turns out, out. Fingers and toes. eventually the counter started to spin just consistently. But yeah, we can look forward to a, a nice review of Fifty Shades of Grey from Craig. I mean, we can if you really want to recount and pull a Florida on this, we can. But uh, we're all pretty certain it was Craig here. <laughs> But we want to dive right in this week. We have back with us for our midweek episode our beloved news man for all geek news. Ken Johnson is with us here. So, Ken. Ken all Yay! geek news. All geek news. All geek news. Ken, go ahead and uh, let's, let's, let's get the rundown of what happened. I feel like I should intro this like with a news ticker and everything. There it is. Good evening. I'm Ken Johnson, and this is your geek news. All right. So because it is 2015 and a new Star Wars movie comes out this year, folks. Wait, when? This year. Holy crap. A Star Reminder Wars movie comes out this week. Reminder 47 of 350. I wish it came out this week. This okay. Year. So basically, we'll be dodging spoilers for the rest of the year. Disney CEO Bob Iger took time this week to give shareholders the schedule for Star Wars films coming out for the next few years. Episodes 8 and 9, they have years now. They have years. They have years. Episode 8, 2017. Episode 9, 2019. I thought we already knew that. So well, every we kind two of years. Knew it. Okay. We, that, was, that was the plan, but now yeah. this is the official. Okay. Oh, so this is the official plan of the previous plan that was not the official plan. Yeah. So and we haven't had the ears stamped on it yet. We oh. have, in, in case you didn't know, episode 7 comes out in 2015. All right. Episode 8, 2017. Episode 9, 2019, respectively, with first spinoffs coming in even years between those. Now, wait a minute. Does that mean that we're going to have Avengers movies during 2016, 2018, and 2020? Sure. Just checking. Know. Just checking. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we if we so awesome. Disney milked that money cow by putting Star Wars one year, Marvel the next year. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me at all. Essentially what Bob Iger is telling us is to expect geek news to be populated with Star Wars news always and forever ever for here on out. Okay. Speaking of the first spin-off film just days after several movie gawk sites confirmed, air quotes confirmed that Orphan Black Star and future Craig Hinch restraining order owner Tatiana Maslany would be cast <laughs> as the female lead. Now, actual confirmation comes out that the theory of everything 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 I speak goodly. That's, 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 the theory of everything the is that what theory, you're trying to get to, Ken? That's what I'm saying. The theory of everything star Felicity Jones will play the lead role. I the, actually shed a tear. Yeah, I know. I, I would like to issue a an apology to everyone last week when I said it was official. I was wrong. Yeah, you, know, you really you got me going. And you know I, what? The difference between official and official is all whether or not it's wet on the on the dotted line on a contract. And obviously it was not. I sat there listening to it going, no, that's not true. I feel very sad. Where's the geek news? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't anyway, worry. The first spinoff is scheduled to release in December of 2016. So there is plenty of time for Craig to bribe producers to reconsider. <laughs> there will be more movies. Oh yeah. Well, and because she Disney won't stop hasn't being amazing. You know, because Disney hasn't taken enough of our money yet, Electronic Arts has announced that 2015 will also see the release of the video crack known as Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> and you can expect an entire couple days dedicated oh, to playing that when it comes yeah. out and I expect you gentlemen to be here. Uh, oh, yeah, no, there's no, going to be nothing over. going on in, in my life in my comfy jammies and my Red Bull and we'll be up for 2 days straight. Coke Zero jammies and my Chewbacca <laughs> hoodie. <laughs> 
So no official release date has been set, but expect that to drop right around the release of Episode 7 in December. And uh, it's since we're still in Star Trek in the galaxy far, far away, it's not all happy news. British fencer and actor Richard Bonahill. We think it's Bonahill. It might be Richard Bone, Bonehill. Bonehill. I'm going with Bonehill. I'm going to go with Bonehill just because it sounds Place your British. bets. Bonehill, Bonahill, and who gets the email How, first? I get who gets the email first for ten dollars, please. <laughs> British actor and fencer Richard Bonahill passed away this week. Bonahill played stormtroopers and rebel soldiers. Most notably, Bonahill played Jabba the Hutt goon Reyes, and he played Love, Lando's lovable co-pilot Neen Num. You know, it's always delightful 67. when you are. Known as Jabba the Hutt's Reen Yi Guard. Wow. <laughs> Good old Reen Yi. That's you know, with the three you know, a, Okay, so here's funny. something, a quick aside. Something that's amazing about Star Wars or The Lord of the Rings or whatever other Harry Potter film franchise that, get, that makes it huge is you can do that role, you get paid your whatever, the couple, you know, 100,000 bucks, whatever it is, and then you go home and then you do the convention circuit for the rest of your life and yeah i mean it could be wearying i suppose but what a way to make a living go to conventions meet fans sign posters and that's that's your living for the rest of your life that's uh that's pretty amazing i I aspire to such a living oh yeah this guy was pretty impressive why do you think we're doing this podcast (laughs) this guy wasn't just a convention hopper he was training british Olympic fencing team members. That's awesome. In 2012, up until you know recently, he's this guy was bad news. Surprisingly, he never played a Jedi. Uh, why is that surprising? Because he, he was, was a, a fencing, fencing expert. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he so, trained Jedi. Maybe. All right. What else you got? He didn't need to train Jedi. He was a Jedi. Yeah. There we go. Actually, hey. interesting note. Did you know that Christopher uh, uh, Christopher Lee Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee yeah. is uh, a a fencing a, a master. master a fencing yeah. master. Yeah. And that when they when they were going to work with him, he said, "I don't need any training. Just give <laughs> as, me the lightsaber." As though he couldn't, as though he could be any more attractive, right? <laughs> what a beautiful man! Dude is ninety two and still kicking butt. <laughs> All right, awesome. Ken. What else you got for us? All right, hey. <laughs> Before we get too in love with Christopher Lee, guys, what else you got for us? You know, there's news out there this week that isn't Star Wars. Uh, I don't believe I, it, Ken. I, Honestly, I, I am not kidding. Okay, it's oh, been. But, let me guess. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to guess that Disney's got its stamp on it somewhere. <laughs> you are not kidding. Oh, okay, good. All right. So uh, there. Let's see. It's been 20 years now, so naturally, it's time to reboot Stargate. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Original director Roland Emmerich is slated to produce and direct oh. again. Yeah. Congratulations. Isn't, what is the is point? There, isn't the point to do it differently? Can we please bring somebody else into the project? Well, hey, they did uh, hire new writers. Nicholas Wright and James A. Woods, you know, names who are household in some well, James, They probably James are Woods. in the writers guild. Not yeah. not James Woods, James A. Woods. Yeah. Maybe related to James Woods. Who know? They've been tabbed to write this latest heresy of what's supposed to be a trilogy of new Stargate fodder. Why uh, does every film have to be a trilogy? It can't just be money, a movie. Money, 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 act money, one, money, act two, money. act three. Yeah. Act one, act two, act three. Still right, no word right. on who will team who the team is gonna get to play James Spader's hair though. I love that we all took a moment to go yeah Ken was funny (laughs) (laughs) top draw I can bring him when I need it so rumors are flying this is near and dear to my adolescent heart that Robotech yay that 80's vehicle robot cartoon that made anime awesome may finally 
It may finally be hitting the big screen. Did you, when you were young, did you want to be Rick Hunter? Oh, dude. Oh, I, so actually, no. I wanted to be. Um, you wanted what, to be Min May. What was it? No. What was the guy's name in Roy uh, Foker. in the third one in the in Scott the third series? Not Scott. Lancer. The other guy. Oh my God. The other guy. Stop the other guy. Lancer. Lancer. Uh, Rand. 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 I wanted to be Rand. <laughs> you guys are such dorks. dwarfs. The, motor, the motorcycle that changed into battle armor. Oh, the, the cyclone. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted. Cool. I wanted one of those. Oh man, I want. Them. And nerd focus return. Yes. So, several production houses are in contention to make this film. Expect that the working title will be something along the lines of Robotech Pacific Rim 2. That's By the way, the guess. Robotech panel at FanX was probably one of the least attended but most interesting panels that I have seen as far as talking about where that franchise has been, where it's going, and where they're trying to direct it for the future. Really interesting stuff if you're a Robotech fan, which obviously Ken and I are old oh, enough man. to be. I loved Robotech. Sidebar. Or, uh, I'm sorry, tangent. James Lucino yeah. writes a whole bunch of Star Wars novels in that. Did you know he wrote uh, most of the Robotech novels? No, I thought it was yeah. James McKinney. His pen name. Oh, really? Jack McKinney. Yeah. Hmm. That was James Lucino and some other dude. Okay. All right. Back. <sighs> We're back. Oh. All right, Ken. Just because you're too what young you to got? remember <laughs> such things. <laughs> Who wants more Disney news? So badly it hurts. <laughs> I have a feeling this one's a little more sports related. Oh no no no! This is uh, this is this is uh, Disney news thrown off the script here. But, oh, very, uh, it, you're going off script, Ken. What? You're scaring me. Another villain has been confirmed for Stand Avengers: by. Age of Ultron. Uh, uh, there's been a lot of speculation claw. that yeah. yeah, there's been a lot oh, of speculation okay. that uh, um, Andy Circus. Thank you, Andy Circus. See, this is what happens when you go off script. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Andy Serkis was going to play Ulysses Claw. Now that is confirmed, he is actually going to be Claw in Age of Ultron, which sets up a whole bunch of great stuff for the future of the MCU because... It's Black Panther's it's universe. It's Black Panther, yes. so that means Black Panther is probably going to be... We have our in, villain for Black Panther, most yeah. likely. Yeah, most likely. And that means that Black Panther will probably show his face in Age of Ultron. For a brief moment, do I, do I get to see and in, certainly within uh, Captain America: Civil War? Yeah, definitely in Civil War. Do I, I get to see Andy Serkis's face? Yes. Yes. Okay, that's he is good. not behind and any that, sort of screen cap. That Excellent. is the most exciting thing is, is he is not mocap at all. At all? At or all? Or just well, in the I, beginning? I, I should not say at all because I haven't seen the screener of Age of Ultron. But you know, I'm just going to say I'm I'm anticipating that we'll see some CGI of. Of that at some point in time, you it know, would, it wouldn't surprise me because of the way that Claw becomes his villain. Depending on villain. depending on what they do with with Claw, because I mean, based on what he was in the comics, you don't need to do much with him. He shouldn't have to be mocapped. I'll never hear Guess we'll the, find the out. villain's name as the Claw and not think of uh, Jim Good Inspector Gadget. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, uh, liar, liar. Oh yeah, the you're claw. afraid of the Claw. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wesley, you're afraid of the Claw. Exactly. It's the Claw. Okay, and finally, since we're still on Disney, in the battle of which Chris is more awesome than the other, or as I like to call it, two Chris's are awesomer than one, Guardian star and future Indiana Jones Chris Pratt showed up at a children's hospital in Boston this week in full Star-Lord gear. It was part of a Super Bowl bet with fellow MCU member and huge New England Patriots fan Chris Evans, who, of course, was Captain America. Let's see, Chris Evans... New England Patriots, Captain America. Yeah, okay, that yeah, all makes sense. It all, yeah, see, it, it all, all works. Yeah. 
So uh, Pratt, who's a diehard Seahawks fan, and Evans, who is a diehard Patriots fan, bet on Twitter that whichever team won, the other would show up in full Marvel gear at a children's hospital. And so Chris Pratt, he agreed to the appearance, you know, and he showed up. Because they, they he is freaking there. awesome. They're, They're both, both there. there. Yeah. He was just the only one in costume. Chris Evans shows up. He signs a shield and stuff. They got pictures and kids thrilled and everything. It was, it was awesome. And those guys really... They actually agreed to just, go to both. They both said they were going to go the, to And Yeah, the there. thing is, is Chris Evans, being as awesome as he is, said, hey, I'll show up anyway. Yeah. So expect yeah. that in the coming weeks. He's going to show up in Seattle at a children's hospital in full Captain America gear, shield. shield I did that last and week and nobody cared. That's not true. We Let's really face it, there, there's a number of people who watched the Super Bowl just so they would know which captain, whether it be Captain America or Star-Lord showing up. Well, there had to be a reason for the average nerd to care about the sportsing. I mean, come and, on. And Craig, let's be honest. There were people who cared, but when the police are the only ones who care because they arrest you for the indecent exposure that was going on with that, that's what the problem was. You got to hey, get off his back. He looked great at the costumes, Jupiter Ascending preview. Costumes are costumes. <laughs> I didn't make it. Half-dressed Star-Lord is still part Star-Lord. So and, anyway. <laughs> all right. With your geek news, I'm Ken Johnson. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Ken. We're going to, we want to jump into a little bit of uh, discussion. We were uh, actually running a little short on time this week, uh, but there's a few other things this, that are coming up that I thought we should talk about. One thing that I've really come to enjoy, and it's been a development of the last couple years, is we all have Netflix. We all love Netflix, but Netflix has started its own studio mm-hmm. and is starting to produce oh, its yeah. own TV series, and oh, they yeah. are quality work. Yes. And so I want your thoughts on the Daredevil Daredevil (gasps) Netflix piece that is being released April 10th. I'm very excited. That's a great birthday present for me. That's not my birthday, but it's very close. You too. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw the trailer yesterday uh, for the first time. I saw the Daredevil trailer. And Pretty cool, thought, isn't it? Yeah, I, I thought that that it's pro- they're probably going to do it justice. I hey justice because he's Daredevil. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought. Maybe so I, I'm in I'm in kind of a minority camp that thought that while the Ben Affleck Daredevil was hardly you know historically great cinema, I thought it was enjoyable. It was I loved fun. It. it was a superhero movie that that didn't disappoint uh, me. It had <laughs> my 16 year old self. It had Jennifer Garner. But, in and it, so it had Jennifer Garner, who I just had a major crush on Add. at that point. Uh, it also like, introduced you to Evanescence. Oh, that's true. Yeah, let's Ooh. be honest. Evanescence doing those two big songs. May have songs been the best the thing film. that came out that of that. Was, that, that was awesome. Yeah, that was really. I, the I, silly I, things aside, I mean, fighting on the teeter totters, that was dumb. And you know, I've never seen him. I'm like, oh my gosh, come on. You know what, though? I, I'm like you, Craig. I enjoyed it when it came out. I, since then, I've looked at it and I've said, okay. Yeah, I understand. You know, it's not the best film. I, I, I totally get that. The CGI, when they were climbing up the, the organ pipes, yeah. that was a little bit painful because it looked really, really bad. And I get that there were a lot of things about that that fell apart but as it was it was a it was a fun film it's just too bad that they couldn't find a way to build the franchise a little bit stronger early on yeah uh yeah and i thought contrary again contrary to a lot of people's opinions i thought ben affleck did a fair job as daredevil i liked ben affleck as daredevil yeah i really did uh so yeah it could have used a little help with the script uh, and with the uh, with the execution of the visuals like you said but anyway but that being said i just hope the reason i bring this all up the ben affleck version is because one thing that it did do 
even if even if the uh, playground scene was a little cheesy, it had a few lighthearted moments yeah. that were fun. Daredevil as a concept, because of who he is and what his powers are and where he lives and who he's fighting, it's yeah. so dark. It is so dark. And, and so if you've ever been to Hell's Kitchen, you know why. You know why, yeah. So I, I get it. Uh, I just hope that it's not too dark. Uh, to to continue as a series, it's going to be interesting to see how they ex- how Netflix executes it based on what we've seen with House of Cards um, and with some of the other things that they've put out. Orange I, is the New Black. And I, some th- other ones. I think there's I think this has some real potential to be an absolutely magnificent series. The thing that scares me a little bit about it is as we've as we've watched these series come through, sometimes they try to do too much too soon. And you wind up not giving yourself any place to go with some of the exploration. The other side of it is, and and this is something that Marvel did very well with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They started slow with a really clear buildup of what was coming for the end of the first season and did a wonderful job of executing that. So I think Netflix is going to have to hit somewhere in the middle to be able to pull this off because they don't have the same kind of pull, the same kind of audience that, for instance, ABC will have. They've got to have all of those episodes ready to go all at once because there's a lot of binge watching that goes on. Yeah, and I think the benefit that binge watching is actually one of the biggest things playing in Netflix's favor in pulling some of this. This isn't the only project they're working on. They're also doing uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. They're all they're classified as street level heroes, and they're doing all of those. And there's some castings things along that. I'm excited about Jessica Jones. David Tennant's playing the villain. So if is you're he Do- really? Yeah. Oh yeah. If oh, you're a Doctor Who cool. fan, it's another chance for you to see David Tennant. But the thing with Netflix is, anytime we look at these superhero movies or whatever, you have two hours-ish to tell your story. With Netflix, you can tell your story in an essentially a 13-hour movie. And yep. as long as it's all, all released at once, which Netflix does, so you yep. can binge watch, you essentially are now getting the opportunity to watch 13-hour movies of your favorite characters, which can be detrimental if it's not done right, but it gives you plenty of opportunity to explore those things that in a movie you may have to just give two minutes to and move over if they which, execute it well it's which gonna be a i'm great very deal. excited for uh as as relates to my favorite announcement which is the netflix version of legend zelda, of zelda. Yes. legend of zelda i am freaking out i meant to uh, put that excitement. in geek news i forgot I was, yeah just for you that is extremely exciting to me this is in fact i am currently wearing a legend of zelda t-shirt uh sheer by sheer coincidence that's the only thing he's wearing ladies and gentlemen <laughs> netflix describes it as game of thrones without any of the compelling elements <laughs> you mean boobies <laughs> <laughs> or blood well so i might have ad-libbed that what we don't part, but you know. what we don't know is it'll basically just be an hgtv special of how to cut lawns following link for 12 <laughs> With hours how to and milk the hearts cows. popping up everywhere oh, so look. so how to tame reason, horses now i want to make a i'm point. excited about the skull wait he's trying to make a point i want to make a point so i want all of you to do me a favor and shut up <laughs> Uh, and my point is this. So something uh, there's a, a series that's done something pretty smart is uh, American Horror Story. Not my favorite. I'm, I'm not much of a horror guy, so I can't say that I'm really into it. But what they do is each season they take the same actors and they tell a new story. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's not a giant continuing story arc that, you, that may or may not get finished. It's one season, one story, and you're done. And you move on to the next one. And I think that could be really cool with a Zelda franchise 
because of all of the different timelines that the games have followed. Mm-hmm. So you have the the latest console game was Skyward Sword, which is supposed to be kind of the prologue. This is the the story that sets up the entire Hyrule universe. And then you move on to uh, the other stories, A Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time. Um, uh, shoot, what's the other one I was thinking of? Doesn't matter. Uh, uh, Twilight Princess is the, yeah, that's a fun one too. Anyway. Kristen Stewart? So the point is that uh, you could, with these Netflix episodes like Ryan is talking about, you can do a 13-hour movie, basically, and wrap it up. So he, you know, whatever, I don't know how they're going to do it, if he's going to go through different dungeons or whatever in every episode, that, that might be awkward. But however they do it, they can tell each story and then move on to the next one without having to try to figure out how are we gonna gonna tie everything together for eight seasons? You yeah, know? yeah. So I, I I see some wonderful potential with the new style of Netflix. Cool, I think it's brilliant. I think there's a lot of hope uh, possibilities there, and I hope it does work out like that. I think and I know good... who they're gonna cast as Link. Who's that? Me. Oh, <laughs> me. Well, I've lost some. hope So they're for starting this. old, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the great Deku tree. Uh, okay, yeah, okay, I can see that. Yeah, I make a great tree. All right. I want to talk for a minute now about something else that came out this last week. I don't know if any of you, if uh, Craig or Ken or anyone else had a chance to read it. Did any of you pick up Star Wars episode, uh, Star Wars number two in yes. the comics? Nope. Oh, yet. my goodness. Todd, your thoughts on the continuation from the what we felt as a group was a successful number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, Thank whole, you, the 12-year-old boy. Was, I right? was number two as successful as number one? Um, wow, there's so many different ways to go with that. And since all of our really, listeners already two. did, I'll just skip that. <laughs> you know, I, I, I liked number t- I liked issue number two. I didn't like it as well as I liked no- issue number one. I think part of the thing that I... Part of what I didn't like about issue number two is that we didn't have an opportunity to explore... Um, they didn't use any dialogue. The dialogue was much uh, less pronounced. It was a very long action sequence, essentially. And and it was as told as well as you possibly can in that visual medium. Um, I think they did some wonderful things. There were, but there were some fun moments too. Yeah. Um, for those of you who haven't read the comic book yet, you get an opportunity to see what happens when a pacifist protocol droid decides that he's going to take actions to save the Millennium Falcon. And yes, they happen about as well as you'd think that they would if a pacifist protocol droid picks up a blaster and tries to scare away angry scavengers. We also get an opportunity to see uh, Luke Skywalker being Luke Skywalker in and this. botching some things up pretty bad. He, he screws stuff up, but the stuff that he gets right, he does really well. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the process. I We also got a chance to see to see where they're going to with some potential of where they can take this Darth Vader comic book series that they're going yes. to launch in the way that they handled Darth Vader because they put him right in the middle of all of this activity. It was it was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch. It felt like I was watching the second part of a Star Wars movie. And that's really the deal. Star Wars is very much a visual franchise. It's very much and George Lucas was always very much a visual storyteller. So I'm not surprised that that's kind of how the comic book came out. I'm glad that they did it the way that they did because it stays, it keeps them true to the franchise and f- true to the vision of what we had of those original films. And it doesn't, uh, it doesn't try to Im- insert too much about what we know in the future with these characters because they're supposed to be right after the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, and that's something, one of my favorite things about this, this, ep- this episode or this edition Issue. and uh, the previous is the fact that we're visiting these characters in a place where they don't know what's ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And it's been nice to see that. The other thing that I've, my favorite thing so far, 
bar none, has been it has been so nice to see Vader as a threat again. Um, admit I have to admit that I don't see Darth Vader as much of a threat, mainly because of the prequels and everything coming in. But we get back that Darth Vader, sinister, terrifying, very powerful individual as you watch him holding up a walker that's trying to, you know, smash him down. We look down, we see this, we forget just how powerful he actually is. And just how evil he is. I really like that. I really like that they are bringing him back as a... A villain. A true villain. As a true, heartless ready to destroy the universe because they're in my way villain you will take me to the man and you will watch me strike him down and i love that it was was great all right um speaking of comics one other bit of comic news we have got (laughs) are you going to talk about this are you going to mention it i don't know i don't know if it's what uh, you think it is or not we have a new Avengers being released. Oh no, no, that's okay. We're we're okay. This is it's. We'll A-Force. come back to my to my cry a little bit later. It, it's this this series is called A Force, and it is an all female Avengers. Avengers. Ooh, I thought, yeah. well, we should have our women of Lord of the Rings back on and have them read this, uh, read some of those, and see what they thought. But I I just I think they can, just, they can just take over that episode because I'll just danger Will Robinson danger that I'm, may not necessarily be the brightest thing that you ever had, brightest idea that we've ever had in this group. <laughs> I, I'm okay in general with things like that. All female Avengers and all female Ghostbusters and all you know whatever it is, as long as that's not the reason for being right. You know what I mean? It's like not, oh hey we're girls you know big deal you know. Tell a good story. Yeah, if it happens that they're all girls, so be it. Yeah, give me a good story. That's all. And I, I think it will be. I think with the characters they've got and the, the people they've got writing, I think that they'll that they will have that going for them. All right, we need to wrap up here really quick before we talk about the Superman suit. Oh, oh, we gotta do I was going to say, is that, yeah, that's what we got. That was because everyone loves Clark either. Kent and fingerless gloves. You know, here's here's the thing. I get that. Where's my super suit? I, well, between between the super suit and the magnificent new power that Superman is going to manifest, um, it's I, new. All right, I, I've been watching. I've I've been reading. I've been reading Superman comic books since I was literally three years old. Um, I've been I've been watching this process, and when they whenever they've introduced adjustments, alterations, changes in Superman's process, um, I've taken all of them with a grain of salt, and I've I've sat back and just kind of watched all of them evolve, and I'm very disappointed with this one. I don't like the new suit. I didn't I, I didn't not like the new fifty two suit, but I really don't like this one. And it's an adjustment on the new 52 suit. If you haven't been following Superman in the new 52, uh, you're not familiar. But if you did see Superman, the the new Superman movie, you saw a suit that was very similar. Um, I like Superman in his in his classic suit. I, I don't, I'm glad they got rid of the little uh, briefs on the outside of the outfit. That was mm-hmm. nice. Uh, but I don't like the fingerless gloves. And I don't like the... The crotchless panties. Oh, Ad- admittedly, gosh. I haven't kept up with, with comic books in the last 20 years or so, but he's never had gloves, has he? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Todd is very excited he's about this. He's very excited about fingerless gloves. I really, I really think it is probably one of the worst costume retcons in my life. Okay, wow. Um, well, it's not a retcon, it's a Todd, I'd, I'd uh, next like you to tell Whatever us how you, you feel about the new Superman costume. I want to okay. hear how you feel about the new Superman power. You know what the new Superman power... So tell I, us what it is. Uh, the new Superman power, he can channel all of the energy in his cells as a explosive, 
fiery, blasty, electric-y He can go supernova. Yeah. It's a nuclear option for Superman that's attached to his heat vision, basically. Yeah. But it has an effect. He drains all of his energy out of his cells, and so it makes him very, very, very vulnerable. In fact, oh, that's right. Human, almost. Um, this is an, and, and I think we were talking about this earlier on our, on our text that we, that we share amongst ourselves about giving Superman a new, uh, a new way to, that he can become vulnerable. I've seen multiple vulnerability options for Superman. One of my favorites was in the early eighties when Parasite decided that he was going to steal. For those of you who don't know, Parasite, Parasite is a villain that steals things from the different superheroes. And one of the things he stole from Superman was his inhibitions. It made Superman so afraid of using his powers that Superman had to use a special skin cream to block solar radiation to make himself vulnerable. And then Parasite stole more of his powers and made him human. So the point that he was almost going to die. And the only way that Superman could save himself was by exposing the soles of his feet. To solar radiation. I mean, I've watched this. I've watched some crazy ways of making mm-hmm. Superman look like he was going to die. He always comes out on the top. He always survives. I'm never surprised by it. But this was one of the weirdest ones I've ever seen except, in my life. Except 20 years ago when he died. 20 years ago when he died, it was all because of Doomsday, and that was one of my favorite comic book arcs. That one and the rise of the Superman after that. That was really really fun. It was very well done. Why, very Todd, well why do you hate America? You hate America, don't you, Todd? I love America. Ugh, Truth, out. justice, and all that stuff. I, I love America, but sometimes I hate the ideas that comic book writers come up with about ways to try and jazz up Superman. Mm-hmm. Leave him be Superman. Play with the established stuff. There's plenty of stuff out there to mess with Superman. We'll have to ask you uh, next week your uh, an explanation because I think it's a little confusing. I guess they are doing a reboot with continuity of the New 52 for the DC Universe, and we'll yeah, ask you more about have, that later. Yeah, I'm not sure that. we're going to have... That's going to take several episodes. <laughs> to try and explain how that works. All right, so let's wrap things up. I want to give you guys a coming soon, you know, the, the latest attractions of what, are, what you can expect in this coming week here. Uh, and I, guys, tell me if you would see this movie coming out here if it had Mark Hamill, Colin Firth, Samuel I'm L. Jackson. I'm so excited for this movie. Michael Caine. Yes, I'm amongst so, many others. I'm so excited for this show. Yes. So coming uh, next week, Kingsman: The Secret Service on February 13th is releasing. Fantastic comedy, action thriller about a boy who is pulled off the streets and asked to be part of a basically spy. a spy. It's a James Bond type film, but with comedy. Samuel L. Jackson doing Samuel L. Jackson stuff. Yep. Uh, not much by way of DVDs or Blu-rays uh, that's really worth of note. Um, games coming out this week. If you are a Legend of Zelda fan and you have a 3DS. The Majora's Mask 3D. I It's on pre-order. Yep, <laughs> I am ready. <laughs> and in, by way of comics, we get the first edition of the Darth Vader comic. So you can look to pick that up uh, when this episode airs on, on Wednesday. So that's what you have coming this week, everyone. Uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of your week and look forward to our next uh, Legendary episode. Um, actually, the next book we're going to be reading, we won't do this the ne- next week, but we'll be doing uh, Robert Heinlein's Starship Troopers. So make sure you pick up a copy of that and read and catch up with us as we get back into doing some of our, our uh, literary analysis. <laughs>